Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Oh man, Kaylee, you are so much prettier than Jed. I have to say. I can't hear a word he's saying. <laughs> he said, "He said I'm so much prettier than you." Thank you, Kaylee, my wonderful wife. It took forever to get her to do that. I know she's never coming on. No, she will. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, congregation. We're glad you're back for another week of shenanigans. Hey, um, this week I think is going to be maybe a little more somber. I don't know. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no maybe about it. Definitely will. Yeah, it's, it's but good, I think, though. It, I think it's something that uh, we need to talk about. So we're going to talk about loss this week, uh, specifically um, death. In death in, in sobriety. You know, being in recovery, we see a lot of it, um, unfortunately, uh, which makes those of us that can get and stay sober that much more miraculous. I think. But yeah, yeah. before that. We got some. We have a lot of shout outs. Shout outs. We got lots and lots of shout outs. So um, first, I want to shout out Josiah, um, who called me a dickhead on Twitter. Hey Josiah, fuck you. Hey Josiah, right, you're on. my you're my favorite. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, our boy Robbie has been um, sharing and posting all kinds of stuff on our Facebook. Thanks, Robbie. Glad you dig the podcast. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Jacob Barry, our boy Jacob. Uh, thanks for uh, kind of reaching us, reaching out to us on the Twitter sphere. For sure. Uh, also, this is gonna be a random shout out. Uh, Austin Farmer. He's just agreeing with me on some conspiracy shit. So that's. <laughs> thanks, buddy. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Oh man! Um, I well, do want to read. Who's our new Patreon? I'm getting there, dude. Well, Don't then, rush then, me. Whatever, man. Jesus, I shouldn't have said that. Father, forgive me. Okay, I do want to read. Um, our boy Daniel Smith sent us a message on Facebook. He said, "Hello, I wanted to thank you guys for creating such an incredible podcast. I feel like we grew up exactly the same. The only real difference is that I never go got into heavy dope." I grew up in the Christian hardcore scene, still occasionally go. I partied with my friends and loved the lighter drugs and hallucinogens. We stole stuff and were general hood rats. Yeah. I just want to do hood rat stuff with my friends. That's what I'm saying, dog. Um, I guess I didn't have the addiction gene because so many of my friends fell into heroin and I didn't. So many buds died of overdoses or suicide or went to jail for robberies. My sister is addicted to coke and then oxy and now methadone with her five kids getting forever messed up by her addiction. Even though I didn't get pulled in, I got to say it still fucked me up. I suffer from a pretty severe mental disorder in part due to the pain and experience as I went through probably a decent amount as natural propensity for craziness in me as well. Such close friends going to rehab and coming back out and falling back in and rinse and repeat a million times. Coming out of H and going into being drunkards for years now, complete stoners living it up with recreational weed being legal in Washington. Now I'm a dad of three kids and a husband. Congratulations, man. Yeah, for real. But I still feel like a teenager somehow faking my way through adulthood. Good Lord, me too. Yeah. Um, 
I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's really important for Christians to be exposed to the truths of these types of things to get to somewhat understand the draw and need and the depths people will go in order to feed their dark passengers. Yeah, that <clears throat> you got me with the Dexter reference, my friend. I know. I dude, that show is so good. I still got to finish it. You still haven't finished? How have you not finished it? I took a yet? break, man. I discovered a uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, I need and to watch Taboo. That. I don't need to watch that too. Oh, it's so good. I for real need to watch that. I think I'm going to start Bates, um, Bates Motel next. But uh, he went on to say, because we asked him if it was cool if we said his name. He said, yeah, absolutely. Um, he said, I'll definitely keep listening and writing. Listening to you guys is so cathartic. It's kind of like getting to hear what could have been my fucking idiot friend sobered up and didn't die. So he called us fucking idiot. Yeah, to it. <laughs> Thanks right. a lot, man. <laughs> no, but I told Jay, I was like, well, we kind of are fucking idiots. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, thanks yeah, a lot, thanks. man. Thank you for writing stuff like that. It means the world to us for yeah, real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, really, Jed, Jed and I were talking about this off air, but like the community that's kind of coming up around is why we keep doing this. So, reach out to us, dudes and ladies. A um, couple other honorable mentions Josh Laney, uh, thanks for reaching out to us. And then just now, um, Nolan, I said, I, I thanked him for following us on Twitter, and he said he just did it for the shout out. What a sneaky little bastard. Yeah. That was pretty good, though. I mean, you got to give props where props are due. Uh, that's, I mean, it would be really out. funny if he did unfollow just immediately <laughs> after he playing the long yeah. game. I know. But a real huge shout out to our boy, Daniel Smith. Um, we got another Patreon this week. Thank you for oh, supporting yeah. the show. We, um, we get to put that money to stuff like I'm going to need a new mic soon, right? Like we're, we're paying to host stuff, all different pl- types of places. So if you guys like what we're doing or think that it's valuable, you know, consider, consider throwing us five or 10 or whatever bucks a month or a buck a month. Yeah, mom. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, Miss Miriam. Yeah, dude. What the heck? <laughs> Come on. I, I know talk, you like, got a dollar. Real talk, um, some of our most fire episodes are bonus content that's coming out just to our Patreons. Yeah, that's that actually is. But except for mom, if even if you do <laughs> donate, you can't listen to all of them. <laughs> They're unedited, unfiltered. Yeah. I'll still send I'm still gonna send it to your mom. I'm gonna send it to your mom whether she donates or not. That'll be the end of our friendship. No, it won't. Pretty- I know you love me. There, no. Anyway, so this week we're talking about Lost. Um, you know, it, it's always hard when friends pass, right? And and we get to know a lot of people in the recovery community. And uh, unfortunately, this disease is deadly. So some of us die. Um, so you know, this week we talked we talked to a handful of folks about that. People close to them that have passed away. Um, in recovery and uh, I think it's important to note that we're not just numbers we're not just statistics in the opiate epidemic or whatever fill in the blank epidemic right like the people that we meet are human beings and um, and they contributed to the world while they were in it and uh, you know I just wanted to get that that out there too oftentimes like to a massive degree that's the, the the tragedy of 
of people that die from this thing is they're all they're like they're awesome people like yeah everyone yeah. like loved by many and it's just for sure it's it so sucks. tough it's i mean like and i you know i don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about it in just a second with um folks that we interview but um i mean i'm talking like suicide counselor hotline and like going back to college and you know like all of that stuff like really contributing to society and then um these people are taken from us by the disease of addiction and it, it's real tough so anyway Without let's, further ado, let's get we'll, to it. Uh, get to it. Sing me to sleep. Sing me to sleep. I'm tired and I. I want to go to bed. Sing me to sleep. Sing me to sleep. And then. Try to wake me in the morning Cause I will be gone No, you should be nervous though. You can edit out my yawning, right? I'm not editing out anything. Well, you know, this form of <laughs> yawning is actually hyperventilation. You're so weird. Um, so I'm here with the missus. Mrs. J. That's right. Say hi to the congregation. Hi, congregation. You've been itching to get on. A little bit. Why? Because you're my husband? You want your five seconds of fame? Don't be hogging my spotlight. <laughs> I was about to talk some shit, but then I no, didn't want fine. to talk some shit. No, it's okay. Nope. Anyway. I'm not doing it. So we have this episode on loss. Kind of told you a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um... And it was kind of spurred on, um, Taylor died. Yes. Our friend Taylor died. And then, like, a week later, uh, Jed's first sponsor died. Mm. Um, like, very similar circumstances. He had been out for, like, a couple months and Jed, like, was just drinking and smoking weed and, um, and wrecked his car. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. So, um couple things so like I wanted to talk about Taylor obviously um but I, you know one of the big things I wanted to do was um I mean we read articles all the time and having to post or whatever talking about the opiate epidemic and like you know young people are dying from drug addiction and I think a lot of times uh drug addicts are reduced to numbers yeah right? of course like statistics mm-hmm and um, we're just so much more than that, you know? And, and so I'd, I want to talk about um, kind of, you know, what what happened with you and Taylor passed, but also I want you to tell the congregation um, about Taylor um, as a person, right? And not just a statistic. So, um, so, so I told you that Taylor passed away. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Um, before the sun came up, um, you, the alarm went off, you got in the shower, you took your 30 minute shit and <laughs> put the water running uh-huh. and, um, and you came and told me that Taylor Durkee had died and I was like half asleep and I was like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I said, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. I, I think I repeated his name four or five times, and he said, yeah. And I was mostly just shocked, obviously. I mean, like... Uh-huh. And I didn't really get a chance to process it until till I was alone a couple days later. Mm-hmm. Because I'm mom, and I don't get time off, and that's just the reality. I just, I don't get to walk through things the way some other people do. Yeah, so what was that like? I mean, like, what what did the process for you feel like? Were you mad? Oh, I went through all of it. Right. I went through all the stages of grief. I mean, so... Tell us who Taylor was to you first, so we can have some context. Taylor, so when I got sober, I asked a woman to be um, my sponsor in a 12-step program. And um, the man that she, she had a whole bunch of sponsees and um, women that she was taking through the steps. And her now husband, then boyfriend, also had a bunch of sponsees and men that he was taking through the steps. Mm-hmm. And they kind of introduced all of us to each other as, like, sobriety sisters and sobriety brothers. And and um, Taylor wasn't my sobriety brother right away, um, but he did eventually come into that. All of It was like my family. That was um, in, in my first year of sobriety. Taylor was funny. Taylor... Um, when, I mean, when he was early in sobriety, I mean, our sobriety dates are two weeks apart, so, like, every two weeks, one of us was picking up a fucking token. It was ridiculous. And so <laughs> I remember he used to um, bum cigarettes for me all the time. So I would show up early for the 6 o'clock and then stay even for the 8 o'clock, and he would too, and he'd always bum cigarettes for me, and I'd be like, so why haven't you added me on Facebook yet? And he'd be like, because we're not friends. And I was like, <laughs> find your own cigarettes, asshole. And then um, and then we both got sober and we stopped being assholes. And we had um, class at the same time in the same building mm-hmm. um, in our community college. And I would get there early to find a parking spot. And he would get there early because that's when the bus came. And we would sit in my car and we would talk Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour before class. I mean, he had all of these, like, he was so fucking adventurous. Like, there was so much life in Taylor that, um, like, it just could not be contained and it had to be shared. Yeah. But, uh, but he was selective about who he would share it with. And I was honestly surprised that, that he shared any, anything with me to be perfectly honest, um, because I'm not that cool, and Taylor's very cool. He was very, um, he just had this air about him where, like, I had a friend on um, Facebook describe him perfectly as someone who had a secret, but he wasn't really sure when he was going to let us all in on it. Right. And so, um, Taylor and I became really close, and when I met you, Mm -hmm. um, 
he would listen to me talk about you all the time. I mean, I spent like nine months. J J J J J J J J J J J J J J J Oh my gosh, J. And um and he listened through all of that and when he finally met you he was like, Well fuck, now I know why you love Jay so much. Okay. And he loved you. And um and he you you two clicked and um Yeah, we did. And yeah, so so we didn't when I moved across the country um, we kept in touch a little. I mean, like he was in our wedding. He yeah. um, he was a an usher, and he helped um, pass out the little flyers. Um, you know, with like the shit you write on about the ceremony right. at the wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then we moved back. To, across the country and um we didn't live in the same town anymore and so we didn't keep in touch it, i mean like i may as well have lived all the way across the country still mm-hmm. but i mean they came over for dinner a few times but we were never still super close and um then when we moved back again i don't know if congregation is following we've moved Doesn't across matter. the country multiple times yeah 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 but um, we, we just lost touch. I mean, I didn't, I, I hadn't spoken to Taylor in, in years. So, it, I mean, and, and I was out visiting just six weeks, four weeks before that. And it, like, it didn't even occur to me to try to get in touch with him because, you know, he'll, he'll be around later. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. When he's busy too. He's super busy. He's always he's always busy. He's always been busy. Well, what I what I mean by that is like he was leading a really full life. Yeah. He was he was um he was I mean, I don't know that he had proposed or if he was going to, but he for all intents and purposes was somebody's stepdad. Two little girls. Mhm. Stepdad. So he had a big and full and beautiful life. Um I mean, and so do I, and so, so when, you know, your friends, you, you drift apart, and you have big, full, beautiful lives, you're happy to just see pictures of them being happy and living their beautiful lives. Yeah, and I know for me, it's like when people get that um, amount of time sober, and they're living these beautiful lives, I'm like, I mean, check, check the box off, they're living the dream. Right. You know, and I don't worry about them. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean I, I didn't know that he had um that he had picked up again. Yeah. And it and it was um it was especially personal to me because um the way he picked up again was a path that I personally could have and probably would have gone down myself um, in the very recent past. Although I didn't... What does that mean? That that means that um, I had not been active in my recovery for years because 12-step programs ask impossible things of new mothers. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I could barely remember to brush my kids' teeth. Right. Much less 
take somebody through the steps or like call somebody every day or show up somewhere multiple times a week. It was just like, it was just impossible. And so I, um, I believe that God will meet me, will meet anyone where they're at as long as they're willing, like whatever Mm -hmm. the circumstances, like God will meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. If you come willing and to do everything that you can to follow him. And so God met me where I was at and he showed me a whole lot of grace and um, I feel like my grace has kind of run up because my kids are older and a little Mm -hmm. more self-sufficient. Like I'm I'm getting more than 45 minute intervals of sleep at night. Yeah. So it was especially frightening for me because he had not been active in his recovery the same way that I'm sure lots of young people in recovery, you know, with what yeah, eight years. Yeah, at eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight and a half. Right. And like that's damn near close to a decade. Like that's yeah. a that's a, that's a long, long time. time. Especially that's like, and he was younger than me. That that was a third of his life. Right. Like his entire adult life. Yeah. So I feel like there must be plenty of. Young people with long-term sobriety, well, long-term per your age, I guess, that I think don't show eight up years, anymore. I think eight years is long-term anyway that you cut it, but cut it. Um, but, I mean, we drift away. We get comfortable. Mm-hmm. We, um, we find new routines. We find new means of, um, you know, we stop, we stop bouncing ideas off of our sponsors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we become self-reliant. And so that, that was something that very easily could have happened to me. Yeah. So that was especially shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shocking. I mean, it was shocking for me too, obviously. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to Taylor in a long time either. Um, but again, I just assumed that everybody's good, you know? Yeah. And they're not. It was, um... It was interesting for me to get in touch with some of my old friends that I got sober with that were still close to him, and um, it just made me really sad that it took him dying for me to write down on paper just how special he was, Mm -hmm. and so I spent some time um, taking the time to express to those friends just how important they still are to me, regardless of how many years have gone by. Right. One of which I'm, I've, I'm um, trying to stay in contact with his best friend, Taylor's best friend, Casey. We love you, Casey. Yeah, we love you if you're listening. I really love you. And I'm super grateful for your friendship. And I always have been. So... Um, so and so that wasn't very long ago that Taylor passed. What like a month or two? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. About six weeks. Six ago. weeks. So where are you now with all of that? I'm okay. Life life moves on, which is tragic. Absolutely tragic, but. We have to continue to put one foot in front of the other. Now, that's not to say that I don't think about Taylor. 
I probably think about him more than I did before he passed. Mm-hmm. Because he... I, I'm also now going back to 12-step meetings, which I don't, I'm not particularly enjoying, but I am reminded of him in, in those places. Um, more so... And that may that may have more to do with just the atmosphere I'm in. I've been kind of reclusive for since our first was born. Mm-hmm. So it could just be the environment, but but he was special. I I was sad. I was shocked, and I was angry for probably three full days. I was really angry, like. Yeah. The angry tears are so fucking heavy. Like, like, ah, oh, he would be furious. He would be so furious <laughs> if he knew what he had done because he was so unique and he knew he was unique and he knew he was special and he was really proud of those parts of him and and to be a fucking statistic, he would just, I mean, like... He'd be he, so He'd mad. be furious. I, I, he's probably still shaking his fist at the <laughs> heavens. Like, I had so much to do. Like, he was destined for greatness. He really was. And I mean, he was, he was a true individual. And, um, and I never told him this because his head was big enough already. But, like, there mm-hmm. were a lot of... In a lot of ways, I looked up to him. Um... He was just fearless. He really was. You know? Like, his his fearlessness to be a true individual is something that I always admired um, and looked up to him for. Well, and when he picked you as a friend, he was emotionally fearless. Yeah. He he was guarded and did not care at all if you were not his friend. Mm-hmm. But there were moments where, especially in early sobriety, when... Uh, to the best of your ability, your honesty is probably still a half-truth. That I would talk to Taylor and be like, fuck, that's really honest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we're we're really honest right now. Okay, we're doing that. And and it, it would just be like, yeah, yeah, that's the truth. And mm-hmm. we would either change subjects or continue to talk about it. Right. Yeah, and I saw that, too, in him, like, immediately, like, right away. Well, he already knew you, just because I talked about you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hmm. Is there anything else you want to say about Taylor? Just that I wish I would have seen him. Yeah. I mean, I was there. I mean, and any time somebody passes, you're going to have what ifs and regrets and right. And like you know, I wonder about the butterfly effect. Like, could that have? <laughs> like, could anything have changed? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, could he have maybe waited ten more minutes? You know, like the butterfly mm. effect maybe. You, you just never even know. You just never know. And I'm sure every person who loses someone wonders that. Yeah. It's a, especially when it's a tragic accident like that. 
Like, there's no way to prepare for losing someone under those circumstances. No, no. I mean, there's really no way to prepare for losing anyone. But, like, when my grandparents passed, it was like, okay, that's what happens when you're 85 years old. But not at your 20s and with a full life and a family and plans, man. Yeah. Plans. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've pulled out of all of that is to, um, make sure to tell people that you love them. Because mm-hmm. we didn't get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. With Taylor recently. And I know, but at the same time, like, I know that he knew that we loved him. Of course. And, and I know for sure that he loved us too. Yeah. Like not talking to him for a while didn't ever didn't change, change any that. of that. Right. I will say, I do want to tell one, um kind of just like telling story we um so taylor passed and we weren't able to make it to the funeral just because it was a weird set of circumstances like i was ready to clear out our savings account and buy a plane ticket but then my car wouldn't start i know it's weird yeah like we weren't supposed to go but (laughs) the next day it was fine and then the plane tickets were too much yeah but what i was gonna say is so we let off um those chinese lanterns in the backyard. <laughs> That's right. For ta- for Taylor and um like we lit this little square like lighter thing or whatever it's like on fire. Like a little fire. candle. Yeah, and it just like fell out. <laughs> it was like it started to hover and it was ready to go and then it just dropped. And, and then the we candle like, part dropped out. It just and it dropped just and like, we were like okay. So fitting of Taylor like are you sure you guys don't want to like talk about me some more? <laughs> There's some really awesome things yeah. to be said about you me. You were just talking about how awesome my hair was. Are you <laughs> sure you guys don't want to talk about me some more? <laughs> Let's go back to those old school bomber jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. But, um... And it went up and over the river with the second one. Yeah. And then, yeah. And he went up and the, the lantern flew over the river and it was... It was what it was, you know? And I think that, uh people that we care about that much will just continue to live with us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the impact that he's made on my life will never go away or change. No, of course not. You know, so anyway, you're going to miss you, Taylor. I love you. I love you, Taylor. Sing me to sleep. Sing to sleep I'm tired and I I want to go to bed Sing me to sleep Sing me to sleep And then leave me alone Don't try to wake me in the morning Cause I will be gone My good buddy Ethan What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Welcome, Ethan. Uh, we are coming from Lafayette, where I live. Jay's in Charleston. Ethan also lives down here in Lafayette with me. But I'm originally from the B. What is the B? Nobody knows what the B is. New Iberia, Louisiana. It's at the bottom I've... of the boot. New Iberia, Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> every every small. Every small town in Louisiana <laughs> thinks that, like, they're God's gift to society. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
It's a little ridiculous. I thought you were calling. I thought you meant Baton Rouge. Exactly. That's no. That's Biara. Yeah, Biara. 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 You gotta know your E's and R's. Okay. Gotcha. Got it. So, Ethan, we brought you in because um, I knew your older brother, and that before I knew you, and he had said um, that he had lost his younger brother. Which was which I thought was you for a while actually, because I never met you, and then I was like, oh wait, I thought you lost your brother. But why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All right. Um. Let's see. His name was Elliot. I'm the youngest, and um, Eugene is the oldest, and Elliot was in the middle. We were all about six years apart. Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start. Like growing up, I was a lot closer to Elliot, probably because you know, by the time Gene was twelve years older, so by the time I was seven, eight, he was out of the house, and so I more or less grew up with Elliot. And uh, so yeah, we I hung out with him a lot. Um, how old are you now? I'm gonna be twenty six in June. And so he how how many years older was he? Six. He'd be thirty one. He would be thirty one. When did when did he die? He died on October twenty third of two thousand ten. So just a little over six years ago. And so you were twenty one? I was nineteen. Nineteen. I'm really mm-hmm. good at math. It'll it'll come out in the podcast that I'm a yeah. extraordinary at math. Well that's always that's something I've always wondered about because I've never lost a close family member. Um, and so addiction runs in your family, I guess that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, my parents aren't, aren't afflicted, but I got cousins and uncles and other family members that are, and um, all three of my siblings, or all two of my siblings were. Hmm. What did he, and you can tell me if, if any, you don't have to answer any questions if it goes too deep or whatever, just tell me. Um, so what, what was like the circumstance, like how did he, how did he die? Alright, well, um, I was, I was at the time staying with a drug dealer. I, uh, I had like, I was in a bad flunk and was homeless and, um, it was a drug dealer, but kind of like a friend, a mutual friend mm-hmm. of me and my brothers. And um, I was at his house, spending a couple nights there, and he got a call from someone. Your brother or the, the drug dealer? The drug dealer got a call from someone saying something, and his face, like, went dead. And uh, when he got off the phone, he you know, he told me they found Elliot dead last night. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's how I found out. Um, yeah. I was in shock. I was high when I found out. Um, Did you get high afterwards, I imagine? Yeah, well, there was like a swearing off. Oh, really? Like Immediately? Immediate swearing off. Like, you know, after the shock, maybe a couple hours after the shock had kind of worn down, there was that swearing off like... 
I mean, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And yeah. Um, so had your had your brother overdosed? Is that why you you yeah, swore um, off? From the little investigation that I did, he was he was staying with a friend. Him and his girlfriend were staying with a friend, and his girlfriend found him dead. He had um. What is it called? Asphyxiated. Yeah, it's, when, asphyxiated when you choke um, choke on your vomit. He, it was a combination of Xanax and methadone. Oh man, and that'll do vomited it. Vomited yeah. and, and it, he didn't wake up, and he was laying on his back. Oof. Um, man. And so anyway, yeah, there was the swearing off, which, you know, anyone who's in any one of the twelve step programs know that that that's never enough, you know. Um, so yeah. Yeah. there was the swearing off about two hours later and then another two hours later I was getting high again so, that, that's, yep. that's like <laughs> that's, that's the, right. the main thing that, that normal people will listen to and be like you would think that after all that he would never I mean it took he would never use again and it's like no it just, it just does not work that way yeah it's an insatiable beast as much as I don't want to I'm gonna unless I oh, do absolutely you know, do. so what it, what kind of feelings went through your mind? Like, when did it become real? What, you know, what was the shockwaves in your family? What, uh, I guess just kind of, as best you can recollect, like, walk me through the process of being an addict and then dealing with your brother dying from this disease. All right, so... From where I was at with the story, um, I was at that guy's house. I called my other brother, um, Eugene, and like at this point I was hysterical. I wasn't crying. There's like that numbing of emotions that comes with mm-hmm. opiate use, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was, it was like I was, I was feeling it. It numbs out. It numbs out whatever emotion it is that makes you cry and mourn, and it yeah. intensifies anger and and disbelief. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, no, that's a good description of it. It intensifies the less helpful emotions. <laughs> yeah, and blocks out the, yeah. the healthy ones. Anyway, um, so I called my brother and I like almost yelled at him and was like, you know, please, dude, tell me it's not fucking true. Tell me it's not true. And right. he just was like, you know, yeah, and uh, you need to, you know, find a way to get over here. He told me he was at my parents' house. Okay. And so uh, I called another friend that drove me over there, and I had been on a spree. I hadn't talked to my parents in like two months, and uh, you know, walked in the door high as a kite, you know, mm-hmm. and you can about imagine. You just you're a parent. You just found out your son died from a drug overdose, and your other son walks in loaded. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. So it, was, it was a shitty Good situation. Um, was was Eugene loaded? I don't remember. Hmm. He was getting loaded at the time. He probably was. Um, he seems like the least crazy though of the. Yeah, I. Uh... And then there's like this. There's like this whole. You know, they say there's that psychological change, and it took place in my first couple attempts to get sober, and I kind of never went mm-hmm. back as full force. Yeah. like, when I was yeah. 18, 19, I was wild, like, and 
whenever I relapse, you know, the addiction would be as strong, but some of the, like, crazy, don't-give-a-fuck behaviors weren't as bad. So do you think that was because of what happened to your brother? Was that, like, a turning point in any way? No, I think that that was a result of being exposed to alcoholics. Yeah, Yeah, true. Yeah, and, like, the whole defects of character and, and being aware of that kind of stuff. Like, before, I thought I was the shit if I punched somebody for no reason, and then after, it was like, you know, it's not okay to do that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's frowned upon. It's so, yeah. it's so funny, the lessons that we have to learn when we come into AA. Yeah, like, uh, lesson It's not one. cool to just straight up hit people in the face yeah. for no reason. I had see, no... There's, there's a group of people in the world that glorify that sort of thing. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, so. I know, I know. Uh, absolutely. I know. And that was the... That was the 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 type of people that I was hanging with at the time. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, so I walk in. Um, it's real gloomy. I don't even really say a word to my dad at all. My mom's hysterical. Um, and I just sat on the couch, and I couldn't be there. I just I just couldn't be there, so I left. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really, I don't even really. God, I can, like, feel that situation just thinking about it. Yeah, I don't really. The uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember what I did that night, but uh, it wasn't conducive to the pact that I made with myself. Right, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, um, uh, I don't know. so were there any? Were there and are there still? Was there any like guilt that you had? You felt you had to deal with, or like I'm sure there's some regret or. I don't know. I'm just it's it's still a, a family member that close is still kind of foreign to me and it's I imagine like I don't know. What did you it, It's crazy cuz like the um the like I said the the blocking of emotions that that shit lasted for that shit lasted for like 2 years. Like it didn't it didn't become like When did they bust through? I did some some grief and loss work in a treatment center. Oh, that's and good. And I think it started mm. to break free right there. And uh, did you keep? Gotcha. You, did you use? Did you like use it as an excuse to use, or or like a legitimate excuse to use? Like, were you trying to keep? Was it like if I if I let up, then I'm gonna feel this, and I'm just not ready to? You think that was? No, I don't. I never had that. Um, no, I never. I never, I never used it. As an excuse, uh, um, I don't know. I'm going blank. No, that's fine. Um, one thing I do want to do, um, with kind of this episode, you know, that that we've been talking about is, um, a lot of outsiders look um, at drug addicts obviously in a negative light. Like we really hurt a lot of people along the way, and um, and obviously your parents went through a lot. Uh, with your brother passing away. So I, I did want to give um, or talk a little bit about like, what was your brother like when he was alive? Right? Like we're, you know, drug addicts that pass away um, from this disease are, are oftentimes put as like a statistic. And there's so much more than that, right? Like you as a, a living, breathing human being. So tell us a little bit about your brother, you know, when he was alive. All right. Well, um, I mean, he was he was a really good guy. Like I said, he was he was afflicted, and he had this um, attitude of, 
I like not really giving a fuck and and like he was really brave, which um, mm-hmm. mixed mixed with addiction is is not really a it's not a good thing you know like he would yeah yeah he spent he probably spent two years collectively in jail um but <laughs> no he was a good he like he he for for me like from my perspective he was like the ultimate protector you know like he was mm-hmm. like i can't tell you how many times that i got into some shit and that he was there to to you know, like one time I was, um, I had gotten pulled over with a buddy and we had weed in the car and, um, the cop had, like the guy had taken ownership of the weed and the cop was like, if you can get somebody to come get you right now and it was three o'clock in the morning, um, then, you know, we won't, we won't take you in and you won't receive any charges. And I called him up and I was on Johnson street in Lafayette and he lived in New Iberia and he was there in 15 minutes. You know, yeah, that's like oh, a, it's like a thirty-five minute drive, and that's from a dead, <laughs> from a dead sleep. So yeah, you know, he yeah. he was really compassionate. He really, you know, cared about me. He was really giving. Um, the only, I mean, I I lived with him a, a good chunk, you know, when my parents had put me out, and uh, you know, he was really funny. He's he was intelligent. He wasn't like he's one of these people that are like not really um, literate, really like. I mean, he was literate, not really like articulate or book smart, but he was really mm-hmm. commonly intelligent. You know. Yeah, like wise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Had a really good understanding of physics. You know, those kind of people. Like yeah, you, you sure. You try to do something for an hour, and they just walk up and do it instantly. Yeah. 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 Yep. But um, I'm sure the older brother with a physics understanding knew how to give you some gnarly Charlie horses too. He used this in Yeah. So, and he was he was uh you know it was it was really weird for my 25th birthday because when I turned 25 I was this I turned the same age that he was whenever he passed away. Mm. So that Man. was something weird for me. I wanted to share, you know, too, that I, I actually lost an uncle this past weekend, my dad's brother, and, uh... Man, I'm we, sorry to hear that. I went to the funeral today. We had did the wake this morning and the funeral. They wanted to get it all done in one day. And, um, it was really powerful that my dad is one of three boys, and I'm one of three boys, mm-hmm. and I'm the youngest, and my dad's also the youngest. And Mm -hmm. the brother that he lost was the middle child. And I was watching my dad stand over the casket telling his brother bye. And it was me, you know? God. Yeah. I like, I shed a good bit of tears right there. And it was was really, and then I watched my grandpa tell him bye. And it was like, it was my dad telling my brother bye. And it was just like, it was a replay of the scenario, you know? I don't know. Man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's not that's powerful, dude. That's That's tough. Well, man, I it's uh, I absolutely will say I'm sure sure your brother and uncle are, are proud of you and what you're doing. You just he just made a year sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, congratulations, man. Yeah, which is awesome. It's huge. 
I know. It I mean, is. like for people like us, it's a, it's like truly, it's a, it's a miracle. miracle. I never want to downplay, especially that first year. I feel like is yeah. is truly and and for um, chronic relapsers, which Ethan, it sounds like you're a chronic relapser. Like yeah. the first yeah. year is incredible. So like truly, congratulations, man. Yeah, it it, it it took me nine years to get one year. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's about me too. Congrats, bro. That's huge. That's huge. So, well, man, uh, thank you for coming and sharing your story, man. And we we yeah. just want to give some honor to uh, to Elliot Armand, and he's a good guy, and his memory's gonna live on, man. Yep. What's up, Jed and Jay and Church and Other Drugs Congregation? This is Dave from Dopey. Just going to add my two cents on this topic of loss in recovery and addiction. Um, I don't know what Chris is doing. I think he's going to do his own one. We totally forgot to record it together when we recorded our last show. But, um, you know, I'm a drug addict. I've been a drug addict for a long time. And um, I guess I didn't use with that many people because... I didn't have a lot of people die on me, which is very rare considering how old I am and how long I shot dope. But, you know, I knew some people in rehab who died and it always seemed sad. And then actually when I met Chris, we had a friend uh, that we were in treatment with who left treatment. His name was Francis. And he just died out of nowhere. A young, beautiful kid, songwriter, and uh, just a really smart and funny guy. And that was, uh, it was devastating, but it didn't really hit close to home for me. And, um, recently though, uh, a buddy of ours, me and Chris, that I met through Chris, um, really, really good guy named Dave, uh, ironically, was, uh, he's 30 years old, he had his whole life in front of him, he owned a gym, he was in the most perfect shape of anybody I had ever seen, uh, nicest guy, friendliest guy. Uh, wound up, uh, I think, overdosing on heroin, shooting too much, and not being ready for it and dying. On Dopey, we love to make fun of the craziest stories that ever happened to us. Um, and they are funny stories, and it's funny, we laugh, the survivors laugh, of like, ha ha ha, I can't believe we made it through this one. But, um, in reality... We can laugh, uh, and the most beautiful thing about being able to laugh is being alive to laugh, you know? Um, once you're gone, you know, maybe you get reincarnated, but you're not going to come back for this life, and you're never going to be in the same stories, and you're never going to know your people, your family, your kids, your parents, whatever. It's a fucking disaster that uh, having fun, you know, getting out of your head, being uncomfortable in your skin turns to death uh and but it's very true and it's very real and we have to stay um you know on topic and on point with that stuff uh because all of this laughing at drug abuse can only go so far so um you know this is uh in memory of dave our friend and uh all the other addicts who died uh before 
uh, they could do something or even while they were doing something or just like this tragedy that's killing the world. You know, uh, these substances are way too strong and they're not to be, uh, you know, they're not meant to be played with. And of course, we've all had our fun playing with them, but we get to keep talking. You know, these other people don't. So that's my my two cents. Otherwise, uh, I didn't even get to five minutes. Sorry, guys, but I don't want to keep going on and on. It's not going to be worthy. Uh, have a good one. Happy Easter and uh, have a good show. And we'll see you next time. Stay strong, congregation and dopey nation, whoever else is listening. And I don't say toodles, so later. Alright, so I'm here, oh, I, I just told him not to redline the audio, and I just did that, but I'm here with <laughs> my buddy Jordan. Jordan, say what's up. Hey guys, this is Jordan. Pleasure to be on the podcast. They know it's Jordan, I just told him it was Jordan. Oh, damn. It's my first time. I got I know, butterflies. Popping his podcast cherry, but... This is Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Jordan's a buddy of mine. We went to treatment together, and we both knew um, my first sponsor, John Egley, who just passed away. Um, so I brought him in here to kind of talk about him, and then while we were making this episode, somebody else um, that he knew passed away from drugs. So, it's, like I said, it's been a death-filled uh, time period lately. Yeah. But I met... Um, so me and Jordan were in treatment together, and this guy came in to tell his story, and Jordan was like, oh, yeah, I know that dude. I played hockey with him when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, okay. And his story resonated with me, um, and that was John. And so I asked him to be my, my sponsor, and he was my first sponsor out here in Lafayette. Uh I did my first four-step with him, um, worked with him for, I don't know, like six or seven months. Uh, I probably would not be sober if it wasn't for him, um, and so we fell out of contact. Well, we didn't fall out of contact, but, you know, he's three years sober, I'm almost three, and you kind of get on autopilot um, during those times, and then Jordan calls me one day, and he was like, hey, uh... I don't know if you heard, but John was in a car accident. So what did what did you hear that morning? The way that I heard about it is um, at work, I was sent on a uh, an errand to go pick up some supplies. I work at a pipe yard, 
and uh, it's basically I work in the oil field and I was going pick up a few things and my mom called me while I was on the road and at first in the conversation she said that uh, well I'll just wait till you're done driving I don't want you to get in a wreck and that was immediately oh, wow. like alright <laughs> you can't do that yeah, now, way you to, have to way tell to me foreshadow. Yeah. so uh, she tells me that John Eglay well, first she says that she's not sure but she thinks John Eglay is dead. She got it. He, he got in a wreck, a single car accident, and uh, spent the next five to six minutes trying to figure out how she's not sure about it. And uh, it was basically a long story of my brother heard it on the news. And uh, so basically that's how I found out. Immediately after I got off the phone with her, I looked it up online and lo and behold that they, they had already had an article on it. Uh, on our local news station's website, there's yeah. a single car accident, no seatbelt, and it, it happened at like eight in the morning. Yeah, and I thought I thought you made a mistake because I looked, I checked Facebook, and he had posted, and it said four hours oh, earlier. Yeah, and it, this was at yeah. noon, and so four hours before that would have been eight, and the news story said that was date timed at eight a.m. So it, it, that's. It's eerie. eerie. Yeah. It's really eerie. And it was Possibly like, minutes before the wreck. It could have been the cause of the wreck. Yes, that, that's know. one thing that we uh, we kind of played around with that possibly being the the cause of the wreck. We just don't know. I think it's still under investigation as far as the police report getting the details down. But it yeah, was, and it was he, he had been sober, and I'm not going to use this to, like, speculate or... We're not sure his state at the time of the wreck. Um, but either way, you know, he was 28 years old, and it's just a... Like, a, I was having a bad day. I was having a bad weekend, and I was like, uh, this is going wrong in my life, and that's going wrong in my life. And then I heard that, and I was like, oh, well, none of that shit really matters. Uh, it has a good way of bringing you into reality and then yes it does that was the first open casket like young body that i've seen and it's just weird it's very weird you never get used to the open caskets no it's it's definitely uh i don't know if it's like a a western world type thing but it seems pretty morbid i've never been a fan of the the open caskets no in some cultures they parade the body around yeah that's also weird yeah They'll dress them up and walk them around. That's weird. Which culture is that? Uh, it's some tribe. Yeah. Or it, not, and not like a small tribe. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, I guess there's not, it's just weird. It's, it's, you know, why are, why, why do we get to live and why do other people die? Yeah, that's one thing that really struck me with with John's passing was uh like I, I'm kind of a a fan of the military uh, autobiographies and a lot of the times you'll catch a book where the guy like survived a very harrowing account and oh, he's got the right. survivor's guilt and you come across like the survivor's guilt is also like you come across it a bunch if you really. Are, are noticing survivors killed, but uh, I never connected with that per se. I uh, I could never imagine what survivors guilt felt like. I just I, 
I would imagine I would be like, hey, man, I, I lived. I'm very happy for that. I do not want to die. I don't feel guilty about that. But John's passing was very, it, it really opened up my eyes to making that connection and actually feeling survivor's guilt because he he, he had made a complete 180. He, uh, like Jed said, he had quite a few years. I think five five years of sobriety. It, it was like three. It was oh, three? three, I think. Yeah. Was... He he also survived a near death experience on his ATV. That's the crazy thing. He was, was that his turning point? Right yeah, that was what yeah. like got him sober. He flipped an ATV and was in a field like yeah. dying, and someone just found him. Yeah, so he he survived that. He also in his sobriety he started his own company in the oil field. It's like a testing and inspection company for pipe, and on top of that. He uh, the oil field was has been pretty slow for the past two three years, and he started as a side hustle hauling pipe. He got his CDL, which is his commercial driver's license, and he started driving an eighteen wheeler hauling pipe for the company that I work for. So I had the pleasure of seeing him and talking with him for thirty minute to an hour intervals once a week, and uh, I really thought that I was witnessing the beginning of. Somebody Something wildly big. successful. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he had just he had a girlfriend when he passed. He was a go getter. And he he was a professed Christian. I mean, I definitely think he was a believer. So there's no doubt in my mind, like where he is. And like, yes. What's what's messed up is that sometimes I'm like, uh, I mean, I'll I've thought it, so I guess I'll say it. But part of me is like, well, man, his struggles over. A little bit jealous, if I can like use that word. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, and it's Absolutely. that's. I guess to a lot of people that sounds completely foreign, but he was an unabashed Christian, without a doubt. Yeah. He uh, at least in the the within the walls of recovery. Whenever you're talking with him in the recovery type space, he made no bones about it. But right. the way he believed and the way he felt, and that was refreshing. Very refreshing to hear. He was like laser focused as far as his spirituality. And, uh, yeah, he, you don't get that with, with he, everybody. He's the one that introduced me to the church I'm at now. I forgot about that. I did not know that. Yeah. He, what's funny, he invited me to go and then he never showed up <laughs> <laughs> because he had told, he had told uh, pastor Ben that he yeah. would help set up early and then he didn't want to wake up early, but he didn't have the balls to call him and be like, Hey, I don't want to set up. So he just stopped going. <laughs> like a classic. Uh, yeah. John Eglay. Yeah. I love that kid. God. So, but then this week uh, we were supposed to get together for Bible study, and you texted me with this. What else happened? Uh, one of my childhood friends that I grew up with, starting with with elementary school, he had passed away from a drug overdose. Like uh, the Bible study was on Thursday night, and he had passed away the night before that, I believe, or the day before that. And uh, you know what it was. It was, I know he was an opiate uh, user, so it had to, I'm, I'm thinking heroin laced with fentanyl. You yeah. Know, I hate to speculate, but I mean, that's, it took a couple of people's lives that I've known around this oh, area. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. So how did your, how, how did that go? It was, uh, it was very conflicting. The, my relationship with, with this guy was, uh. I hadn't talked with him or seen him in like five years. We we went to school together our entire lives. We became very close 
senior year and the first two years after high school, I'd say, and uh, our group of friends, we were a part of the of a larger group of friends that really spent a lot of time together, and we also began our opiate use together. Like first time, together, um, or like you know, not the very very started. first time, but our beginnings uh, down that path was. Gotcha. Uh, Oh man! Yeah, and uh, so so he was close. Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, we it became a little bitter between us. That's how it goes. Exactly. You know, he uh, neither of us were uh, living a, a life of that we could be too proud of. But of course, egos get hurt, and uh, you pay attention to the details that don't matter. And we next thing I know, it's five years later, and I get the word that he dies. So That's... It, it's. Um, uh, I was also very close with his family too, and his he has a brother that's paralyzed from the neck down, and uh, it's just a jeez, yeah. Like what if it's a? Can we curse on this? Oh place? yeah, especially it, if the situation warrants. It, yeah, it's a fucked up situation because yeah. he did a lot of the caretaking for the brother, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a god. It's, it's a good family. Yeah. Oh, that's. And it's and the, and those are the I mean that's you know that should have been we're just we're watching scenarios that should have been us and we're looking at families that should have been ours, man. But yeah, Jed made a point that uh, I was talking with him a few weeks back, like whenever John had first passed away, and uh, I was like, man, my mom's really taking this pretty hard, and Jed made the very good point that you know she's basically imagining me in John's place. Like it very could have easily been me because I, I only have like five months, four or five months right now. And, uh, you know, I've, I've struggled with this for about seven years. So I've definitely put my family through the, the grinder as far as worrying. Yeah. And it's, and then last night, Kaylee, my wife found out that a girl she went to treatment with and lived in halfway with for seven months OD'd and died. Went out. Fuck, First time. Yeah, and it's just like, it sounds, it, it just sounds made up almost. It's just like. That's a, David too. The first, like he wanted to do it one more time. And, yeah. Uh, it's just. The, I'm, I'm pretty, I've heard this before, but it's like when you go back out that first time, you want to do the same amount that you were doing yeah. at your peak and your body just can't handle it. And yeah. And that's what, what kills you. Yep. That's extremely common. So if you got some sobriety and you want to do it one more time, yeah, it's just just use a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, it's <laughs> the good old test dose. And then you never even you never know. It's just you think you're in control of some things and you're just absolutely not. Yeah. And then and just the fact that John woke up and was just driving to work and then just you know Poof. just gone. I've posted on Facebook and then it's just gone. Like, yeah, that is if if that doesn't sum up that this life is just a vapor. I don't know what does. I get pretty mor- morbid with the the details. Like, I'm morbidly curious. I guess I've I've been really close with John growing up. We played a lot of hockey together. Spent a lot of time together, especially on the road and. uh I get just curious about his final moments. I find myself wondering, like, fuck, like, did he suffer yeah. right after the car flipped and fin- finished moving? Like, was he gone immediately? 
I, I find myself kind of contemplating on that. I'm lately. sure not. I mean, with with trauma like that, you're almost guaranteed to get knocked unconscious, if nothing else. That's what I'm hoping. But, yeah. So, we definitely just want to say, John, we love you. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. And your other friend. David. David. You will be missed by many. And to everyone else, like this episode, the kind of the theme of it, if you need any kind of help with this stuff, uh, just email us, write us. I'll give you my phone number. You can call me, whatever. But it's serious, and we'll, we'll miss you guys. Jordan, thanks for thanks for coming in, bud. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I just want to say one more thing. It, the thing that's helped me out, without a doubt, by far, with uh, dealing with and processing close ones, close friends passing away has been to just open up and talk about it to yeah. anyone you feel comfortable with. It, it's definitely difficult, or at least for me it was the first couple of times, uh, especially if you're a guy and society has kind of forced upon this image on men to be strong, not emotional creatures. It's uh, It's worth it to open up and to talk about it with people you're comfortable with. So, yeah. That's one Thanks, thing I want to leave with. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. Absolutely. In lieu of, I don't know, it's kind of weird to hear stuff like that. And then, like, I'm not gonna joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. gonna make jokes. I'm really uh, no. No. So I think I think it's appropriate here to say, you know, um, we're we're dedicating this episode to everybody that has passed away from addiction or alcoholism, um, and for those folks that aren't afflicted with this disease, I'm sure you know somebody that is. So. Make sure you tell them you love them. Yeah, you. It, um, the the takeaway is that you you never know how much time you got left, and it's you know it's the same old old story, but it really helps you put things into perspective. Um, yeah, we got a lot to be grateful for. So, you know, this episode goes out to everyone we lost and everyone that you guys have lost. Love y'all. <laughs>